Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to On My Block Podcast, along with Packers all-time leading rusher, Amon Green. I'm your co-host, Mike Wall. Thank you for joining us. Yes, indeed. If you're enjoying indeed. the podcast, there he is. What's up, my man? Yep. Chilling, man. Chilling. Doing good. Back in the Bay. Back in Green Bay for a couple of days. Back in the Bay. Back in the Bay. <laughs> if you're enjoying the podcast, guys, hit that subscribe button, rate and review us on our Process Perform channel on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on the Believe Network. And special thanks to our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. I love how they say pro basketball playoffs. Like, it's not NBA basketball playoffs. It's pro basketball playoffs. <laughs> BetOnline is your, always sports, is your uh, always your sports information headquarters this season as we've covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, Major League Baseball, NHL. Hockey right down to the UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home, which is dangerous, but a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Head to your website today for your or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use, sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. AJ, you know what we haven't talked about? Uh, esports that? betting in a while. I know, I know. What, it's been what, so- what would be a, like, I was talking to Maddox this morning. We were actually, we were, we were out training, and I knew we right. were doing the show today. We are out training, and so I said, I said, can you believe that, uh, somebody else had been talking about video games. I forgot which one. And I said, can you believe, I said, and, I, and I'm going to talk to Oman about this, uh, how much yeah. money these guys are making. We heard, oh, somebody yeah. heard some ridiculous thing. What, if you bet on, like, so if you go in, you know, to one of these tournaments, right? In a, or right. I want to bet on, if I go to betonline.ag and I want to bet on esports, have you ever like even perused what that would look like? Is it a top I, score? Is it a winning team? What, like, what are you, what are we betting on? I, I've, I've, I've skimmed it. So you're betting on some of the, the traditional things. So winning team, easy. Um, and I think they do, I'm not sure at betonline, but I know at other betting sites for esports, they have prop bets on how many KDA, so kills and death ratio, you know, intercept. Mm-hmm. It's like interceptions to touchdown ratio, basically, mm-hmm. to, uh, for us to understand it. So they have that, um, wins and losses. Um, and then I think that's it. That keep it, they keep it very basic, very basic. Hey, I, I think we have to point this out. For, for people who aren't watching the show and they're listening to this online, Amon looks like he is – you look like you're ready to go play football, right? Your arms are looking <laughs> big. I don't know if it's that T-shirt – you must you must make when you go to these esports things, man. I mean, people just shit their pants. Yeah, they like yeah. Once I say my name, they be like, it like it goes, hey, how you doing? And they'll yeah. say so and so, and I'll say, yeah, Mon Green University and Nebraska Director of Esports. They be like, well, it probably stare at your biceps for about ten minutes. Uh, you, did you say hey, Mon Green? I'm like, yep. They're like, I, I've won a lot of fantasy football with you. Do do esports guys get man crushes on you when you wear tight t-shirts at uh, these the events? I know you do. I mean, <laughs> you, have, you don't I'll have a see. choice. Yeah, yeah there's got to be a lot of man crushes going on. Hey, I've been uh, grinding, what, what man. What a I've been in the world. weight room. I've been in the weight room. I've been in the weight room, man. It's not just for these thumbs, baby. Nope. 
nope. for the people. Exactly. Let's talk. Hey, we, we haven't talked. Packers rookie minicamp. So, listen, the guys get drafted. We get the yep. free agents come in. And then the, the next weekend, they, everybody comes in and they you know do their physicals and whatnot. But then they get out on the field, and of course, you know we got some guys that can live tweet it, and uh, people fans go nuts. It's great. It means we know that it means it, it does mean something. Like it's it's the beginning part of your journey, and that part of it is really exciting, right? That part of it yes. is really exciting. Yes. But it really, you know, the the, the the veterans aren't there. It's kind of a chance to get your get some reps in, get some you know, start that rapport with your your coaching staff. Yeah. But I've always it's always interesting because I we've sat on both sides of this. We've been coaches, we've been players. And we tend to kind of minimize this stuff, or at least, hey, this is the least important thing you're going to do. It's going to ascend. Kind of every day is more important until you get to the season, right? The closer you yeah. get, the more important it gets. Yeah. But just from a just from a coaching standpoint, obviously you're going to look at some physical attributes, and especially guys that maybe you didn't take that much time in the draft process looking at. You're going to say like, "Mo, that guy can really move. He can cut. He can do these different things." But are there any like what if you're if you're the head coach if you're a coordinator do you have anything that you're like what am I look what am I really looking for with these guys? I'm looking at the mental. I want to see because uh, we just fire hose these kids mm-hmm. in the, with the playbook and you know that's been from the time both of us we experienced that. Yep. When I say fire hose, that means they literally throw everything at you and the kitchen sink, and then the backyard pool. They throw all that on you to see if you could process it and what you get out of it, what you remember. So that's the same thing I'm looking at to see how these young men come on the field as professionals. Mm-hmm. They're ready. They show up. Who shows up early? I'm looking at that. You know, I'm not counting nothing against or for right now. I'm just going to see, okay, who shows up early? You mean you're not counting wins and losses? Wins and losses exactly. don't matter, right? I, I'm not counting that right now because they, they're still learning. They're just, just they're, they're going to be excited. They're going to be anxious. They're going to be all that. So I just want to see what happens. I just want to see who shows up first, who's on time, who's writing, who's taking notes in the meeting room, stuff like that. When they're on film, what then they can regurgitate out and what is – because then as a coach, that's when I'll come in, hey, okay, you forgot this in meetings. I know it's a lot, but this is the route. This is how you run the route. You put your foot here, you plant here, go like this. Or blocking, hands here, boom, boom, boom. I just want to see how much – and they and if they're not like – if they're like, okay, coach, I got it, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I just missed one or two things here, I'm okay with that. But if they're like deer in the headlights where I'm like, they're not moving, right? I'm like, we got a problem. Might be too much information. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, let me let's pull it back a little bit because let me talk to this guy because right now he's afraid to run routes or he's afraid to do whatever, block, cover a guy because he's just so over-processed right here. Mm-hmm. Um, where if they are there as a coach, then I say to them, hey, you know what? I know we talked about a lot, but you was doing this at college for four, three, four years. Just right. continue to do what you do. I'll correct the mistakes on the play calling because you're still learning these plays. Don't If you make a mistake on a – I'm telling my rookies – Tight ends, wide receivers, uh, running backs. If y'all make an error on this, don't think it's the end of your world. This is the first week that y'all get together, and this is high. I want to say high grade because some college football teams schemes are very yeah, verbal. Well, let's face facts, though. I mean, the, yeah. the attention to detail has to be superior in the International Football League. Otherwise, they, yes. they wouldn't be able to beat college teams, right? Exactly. But right. don't kill yourself on the first day. Like, don't try to do all that day one. Now, if you do it, great. Then that means – you are one of a million that then I could work with you on different stuff at a different level next to the other rookies where that they're not there quite yet. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, 
I have non-negotiable character traits that we work with our athletes on, and, and a lot of them have to do with like competitive mindset and whatnot. And that's yeah. we don't really know what these camps look like anymore. Like for us, it was actually a very confrontational. It might not be that way anymore. But one no. thing that it always kind of stands out is is your presence. And your presence really means like it's two things, right? One, it's your kind of internal presence, how you carry yourself. So do I show up like, you know, you know, flat back, chest out, chin up, eyes forward, looking everybody in the eye. Right. Am I happy to am I happy to be there? Am I excited to be there? Am I showing within my body language that I am? And then when I get in the huddle, how do I behave around with the other guys? How do I engage my coach when he when he coaches me hard? Because a lot of these coaches will come in like, I'm gonna give you a taste of what it's like to be here. Some coaches are still rah-rah guys, some coaches are still I'm gonna yell at you hard guys. You they're implementing that, they're letting you know how their room's gonna be as well. So how are you gonna take all that information in? Like that's yep. the that's like the real interesting stuff to me. It's not it's not what you do. Uh-oh. It's not what you do. It's like, it's how you're doing everything. You know, it's exactly. how it's the enthusiasm, the focus, the effort. If I tell you something on the field, do you get it? Or do I have to tell you multiple times? Or what kind, you know, what kind of learner are you? There's all these things that kind of, because we've already done all these. We've done the RAS scores. We've done the combine. We've watched the tape. Like, we kind of have a general idea of what you should look like unless you've gone off the deep end, right? One way or the other. You've been training to tell you. I've been training at all. But the rest is like, what kind of person are you going to be? Because AG, like, I know you and I could just start laundry listing dudes where you, they look like Tarzan. And it's not that they play like Jane, but they just don't seem to care as much as they should, given the situation yeah. that they've been afforded. A hundred percent. Yeah. We've had teammates. I'll say I could go all the way back to college or high school level to. Oh, high to school win. for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, you start there because obviously the young, the young mind and the, the perception and then body mechanics, body language. I mean, I'll see a guy, he giving me bad body language. I walk, if I'm the team captain, I'm walking up to him and say, Hey bro, you okay today? Are you here? I mean, what, what's going on? I see your head's down. Um, I see you drop the ball. You threw your helmet or something. I'm like, hold up. What's going on? You know, this is just day one or week one. This is a journey. It's this funny, man. I, I get reminded sometimes because like my so my kids like me and some of it's good and some of it's not good. And right. like I, I don't I don't I was never good. I practice extremely hard. But if like if I don't like what's going on, I have a hard time showing that. I I mean, I, I have a hard time not showing it like I, I my body language doesn't change. But I got to look at my face all the time. It's like, man, I, this is not good for me. Mm -hmm. and my son carries it. But my son's 14. My daughter carries it too. She's 17. I mean, so they, they were burdened with some of the stuff's good, but some of the stuff's bad, man. You know, Dang some man. of it's genetic, it's learned, but but I see sometimes like he'll get if he gets subbed out and he's playing well and it's they're they're just trying to split time with some other kid, he's just like he'll go over to the sideline and be like, What are we doing? Like, why, why? you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. and like there's part of me I was like, Good for you, bro. Good for asking him. Like you should. And then part of me is like <laughs> Uh, it's, tough, it's tough sledding out there. It's tough sledding. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about I'll, this one, AG? Yeah. So if you're Matt LaFleur, and we know like Matt, we've criticized Matt. We've since we we've we've complimented Matt. Mm -hmm. Matt LaFleur is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers going into your 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 five right now, I think. And so you're still developing your staff. And you have to, I mean, this is one of the hallmarks of a great program, is you have to continue to develop your staff. Now, Nathaniel Hackett, for example, went out and got a head coaching job last year, wasn't ready for the moment, okay? And so when you have success, and this is like, this is what happens in the National Football League, right or wrong, it's just what happens. If your mm -hmm. team finds success, maybe because you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? 
you're going to get like a la Sean McVay. Sean McVay has success. All of a sudden, everyone's trying to hire 30-some-year-old head coaches. Some of them have turned out. Some of them haven't, right? But did we do a good job of the people that are in our building, if they get promoted or if they leave, did we do a good job developing them? Developing coaching talent is second only to developing player talent in a building. So my question is, it's kind of like a discussion we can have for today is, how do you handle during this time of the season coach development so that your position coaches, assistant position coaches, coordinators, all the way up are becoming the best versions of themselves so they in turn can help these, these players become the best versions of the, of, of the players? Correct. It's, it's a simple process of self-analysis. So I'll say to my coaches and say, hey, you know, this is this, we already looked at film. Like by this, by this time of the year, all 32 team coaches have looked at their previous season game film once over, twice over, whatever. And then they've done evaluations from player evaluations and then head coaches do coaches evaluations. So for those evaluation, I'm saying to them, let's self analyze you're, assu- you're assuming something. I, I don't know that every coach does coach evaluations. That's, right, I mean, that's, right. that's why we're, yeah, but that's yeah. why we're having it. I'm yeah. saying they should. I say a good coach Fair should enough. be. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, a good coach, a good, there we go. A good coach and staff will evaluate themselves. The head coach will have his coaches evaluate him, given that 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 raw feedback. That's what I I'm doing this at the college level for myself and the esports team. I ask every player and coaches, uh, my captains, after my first two years, I want feedback. Mm-hmm. Give me here's it. I'm gonna send an email out to all y'all, which I did. Give me feedback because I want to get better at what I'm doing. Because I know I'm not the best at what I do, but I know I know I could get better. I know that. So that's what coaches in the NFL, any pro sport, if you're an Olympic trainer, you better be doing that because then you get to a, it'll be a, a spot to where then there's a plateau. And you don't want that plateau for your athletes. You don't want it for you. So that means you got to check yourself first. And so asking your coaches to, hey, break down the stuff that you weren't great at as a coach. Mm-hmm. Was it you, you wasn't always you know, detailed? You didn't verbalize everything correctly. You didn't learn how your your players learn. You know if they're visual learners or or they are visual aesthetic, or yeah. auditory. Right. Which one are the, did you know? Did you find that out? You know, for the guys who have blind spots, Ag. For yeah. the guys who have blind spots. Let's say you're a consultant. You walked in right now and you said, "Okay, these are the three or four things you need to be able to you need to be able to answer as a position coach, running backs coach. Let's say you're the running backs coach, or you're talking right. to running backs coach." You need to go through a checklist right now and be honest with yourself. How you do, like you said, one that I think is going to be on there. How you communicate with your athletes. Are you con- are you concise? Are you consistent? Are you transparent? Do you use, do you use consistent language and et cetera? What are the other things that you think are just mission critical to success that some people are remarkably better than others in the coaching profession? Um, I would say giving them the, the task at hand. This is our, this is today. This is what we're working on mm-hmm. this game. This is what we need to get done in this game. So time this man- practice, are you talking about like time management, like, 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 te- like telling them the task, like what okay. the task is. I mean, I've been teaching for two semesters now at the college level mm-hmm. and every student it's been, been at least one student that asked the question, Hey, teach, what are we doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, and because I'm talking about other stuff, they might've missed it. Because most likely, I always say every day what we're doing. So if they ask me that question, that means one or two things. Either I didn't say it clearly or they missed it. And so I, okay, here it is. This is the task of today or this is this assignment. This is what you need to do for this assignment. You know, clearly putting, stating that out there. 
you know, coming out and saying, hey, this this is going to be our room. This is how we're going to show up. This is how I want you all to take notes. This is how I want you to pay attention. This is how you're going to be a pro. This is how I'm going to teach you how to do this. So expect. So you're so kind of talking about like expectations, right? So, yeah, so, so, so laying that out. Yeah, so laying out expectations for everybody in the room as a yep. as a unit, and then at some point, I'm sure you're talking about that from a from a personal level. But that might be exactly. the most important thing you can do. It goes along with communication, but yeah. having the foresight to go because shoot, I mean, your kids do that. Like, hey, what are we doing yeah. today? What are we doing? What's for dinner? Yeah. Oh, you know, like laying out what the expectations are for every single day, so you have those. You start developing those routines. Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Because you want then those routines are going to be the routines that carry you for the year from, from mini camp training camp, and then the rest of the season. And you want to make sure by training camp, you're fine tuning those habits into good habits, you know, knowing that the, from taking the notes to making sure you're getting your sleep and working out, but then internally in practice, watching game film, breaking it down, paying attention and all that stuff to make sure each player and obviously each coach is on there is on the same page. Yeah. I, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate what you just said about routine, you know, the kind of routine idea and setting expectations. The communication is obviously so important. You know, when I was on the other side of the ball in buildings, what I, this is crazy, but what I really noticed more than anything is there's a handful of coaches that do a really good job of, of um, coaches are asked to do it so much work in the building. And they have, and especially now in the NFL, they have yeah. so many resources. Like you have, you have so many subject matter experts in the building. You have nutritionists, you have strength conditioning coaches, you have, you have uh, physical trainers, you have uh, guys that are, uh, you, you have video guys. And mm -hmm. what we still do is we still silo. And so that the like the position coach, the corner, whatever right. it is, they're trying to, like for example, they're trying to get their guys technically better. Some of the coaches don't know. We've talked about this before. Aren't as good technicians as others, but mm -hmm. even knowing that it's like, I, I was at, I was on a, uh, I was on a call a couple, last week and mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the coaches said in the off season, I want to give my guys, um, you know, like two physical things and one mental thing to work on. I said, okay, that's, that's fantastic. But the physical thing is lined up with the weight room. And so to, just to say to your players, for example, go get strong, get your bench press higher. Well, why? Right. Yeah. Right. Like we need you, the ability to have a holistic plan that collaborates with everybody in the, all the stakeholders that go with that, that player, that room is like the thing that I think we're missing the most. When you talk about, you could talk about the NFL, you could talk about you know, my kids' soccer teams. Like you could, this, this is the general problem. You have guys that are experts in certain areas and they're all here to help the same person or people, but we just don't do a very good job of collaborating because people don't want to give up power. Right. And so, the, and so that's where, like, I just see, like, I just see this monumental opportunity at Green Bay, or you know, so, because I, I'll tell you right now, I know firsthand there are a handful of teams that do this very well. And I, if I started listing them, you wouldn't be surprised because they're always in the top eight teams in the National Football because they know how to develop talent. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is something I'm learning at the faculty at the scholastic level that we do. So being at the college level and now being a, basically a teacher, professor, my semester, first semester in Lakeland, teaching this class, and now just finish up my second semester, we've done that. Mm -hmm. We've done that non-siloing attitude. So we've had meetings with the dean of students and every faculty member in the College of Journalism and Mass Communication, where I'm housed at, 
we had two meetings. We had a meeting last week and then a meeting like a month ago saying, what is your curriculum, Amon? Uh, there's another teacher. What's your curriculum? What are you teaching? What are what what are the what are what are some parts of your course that may be overlapping with other courses? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're all mass communication, so you might be teaching. Obviously, you're teaching about esports, but then you get into the production area. You get into uh, content creation, broadcasting, commentating. We have a course for that. You know, what is something that you might need from another faculty member? That you could we could connect you with to help you with your course in communication when you talk about being a shoutcaster being a commentator for a game you know so we're having them meetings and that i think that's what's that's huge because everybody that's an expert gets to collaborate with other experts in other areas and that's eventually like i was mentioning that's going to make you better as a teacher coach faculty member whatever administrator you don't just you know often you're offering your own space growing on your own when you might miss a few little details in that part of being a better communicator as a better leader. Basically. I love it. Yeah. It's, and it seems like you say it and it's like, well, yeah, of course that's what we do, but that's not what everybody does. And what's no, so great about that right. is you might be really good at like, listen, you're a teacher, a coach, like I'm really good at certain, I can tell you right now, I can, I, you, you want to talk like skill development, technical stuff. I can talk body or, you know, body position. I talk about it all day. You want to find like a really good scheme guy. Like I'm just going to tell you right now, I know scheme. There's a guys that know it a lot better than I do. So mm-hmm. there's cracks in your window. It's, oh, you have to be okay saying that sometimes and go, all right, I'm going to go find that guy and work in the building with that person. I'm willing to give up my authority on that piece because ultimately we're only as good as the product we put on the field. And so 100%. that's where this is, this is, I'm, you know, the fact that you're doing it at the university level just kind of shows you one that it's great. You're doing the thing the right way, but like two, Come on, let's go. Everybody, rising tide lifts all boats. Let's let's get yep. this moving a little. Let's go. Everybody, grab a paddle. Let's go. Yeah, that's We're right. Man. Yeah, let's go. Let's switch to this AG. So, we drafted uh, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Those two tight ends. I'm, I like. Them. I think. Love them. I, I think we're super excited about what that They're could potentially mean. The way that the way that um, the way that we use them. The, the maybe the way our offense is changing a little bit. And every you know, I start talking about San Francisco. I don't know that we have the pieces in place to be the San Francisco offense. I just know that we have an inexperienced quarterback. I know that our offensive line um, at certain pieces of our offensive line, particularly the left side is going to be a strength. Those two guys, if you put them in the, in the room on the field at the same time, you have a ton of matchup problems and they're both willing to play on the ball or off the ball, which is huge. Cause now I just think Kittle and use You just Jaden Reed. You have, I mean, you have speed outside with Christian Watson. You have Jaden Reed who can, who can play that Debo Samuel, by the way, AJ, uh, Jones could probably play that better, or Aaron Jones could play that better than anybody, right? Yeah. If, you, if that's if that's how you want to swing it. So you start True. looking at that. I know we're not going to be exact, but I start getting excited about when you look at all the pieces in place now. We can, by formation and personnel grouping, really do damage to other defenses. So let's just talk this through real quick, AG. Like, let's talk about the difference between 12 personnel and 21. And, you know, we like there's 11 personnel, so one back, one tight end, you know, 21, two backs, one tight end, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. But when you have guys that can play on and off the ball, how does that affect what the defense is going to do between we have our 12 personnel, but really either one of these guys can be like a true F back. You're right. It's uh, it creates a whole lot of issues for the defense because that's personnel. 
And we know that very well. So in between plays, that's when the defensive coordinator or linebackers coach or D line coach is trying to rotate in their guys. And they looking at the offense and who's running in off the field. All right. They say two tight ends. So let's we're going to throw this package at them. They got two tight end package or they got a one tight end set two running back packages. We're going to send these linebackers in. But when you got guys that are willing and that's what I love about Musgrave and the other kid, they uh, yeah. uh, What is it? Tucker Craft, best name Tucker, in business. Tucker, yeah, yeah, that's a great name, great football name. Tucker Craft and Musgrave, they are willing participants. I mean, they're excited. You know, they're already buddies in the locker room and yeah. in the tight end room. When you see that sense, and these are guys that you know, and you've seen the film, we've seen the film once they got drafted, that they want to put guys in the ground. They want to catch the ball. They want to help the run game out. So that's the first obstacle as a – new player to a team or a coach who just drafted a guy and saying, am I, is this guy going to show up? You know, that's this, not a, that's not a problem here. This isn't so, a Jimmy Graham deal. This isn't right. a guy who think this isn't a glorified, this isn't a volleyball player or whatever, right. you know, whatever he was. This is a, yeah. these I'm looking at these guys right now. They're just well-built dudes. I mean, they might right. be, they're tall. They're, you know, obviously these guys can bang a little bit and they're not afraid to, yeah, they have a lot to learn. There's no question. They both have a lot to learn, especially yeah, coming from, you know, uh, the, we got one coming from the, the FBS and the, the other one's been hurt. Actually, they've both been hurt, but we're Correct. coming from a little bit lower level um, with, with Tucker craft, but they're, Six five six six, two hundred fifty pounds. You know, Luke, Luke runs a four five nine, four five eight. And you just go. I mean, the it's hard to put into words like my enthusiasm for the tight end position in today's National Football League because yeah. of because of what a dynamic tight end that can do it all can really be on the field. Like people don't understand. Everyone sees Travis Kelsey and he's great. Everyone remembers Tony Gonzalez and he was amazing. People don't understand what guys like Rob Gronkowski and Rob's a Hall of Fame player and everything, but like he's still he is underrated based on what he was actually able to do, but just by his presence on the field because he you never had to take him off. No. Like that is such a no game changer, problem. even more so than some of these small receivers that can rack up these amazing yards and they're they're fun to watch. Like I can't I cannot over talk about how good it is if 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 these guys both turn out to be top level players. Mm -hmm. It's a game changer for this team that they haven't probably seen at any other position except for quarterback in a long time. Yeah. Cause it brings so many packages, so many looks they can now give a defense. And it's that, like I said, like you mentioned, Baltimore 49ers, a uh, look where you have tight ends that can not only block, but run the, but uh, I mean, catch the ball out the backfield and they have the willingness to do it. That effort right there is going to bring in the difference of how successful those individual players going to be and then how that success can then transfer and bring it to the offense and uh, offensive scheme, knowing to have the, uh, the changeover in quarterback and knowing and seeing how Jordan loves going to play throughout the rest of the, you know, through this year and then the years of previous years to come. You know, it's funny. It's because it, it, we're a year removed and last year, obviously Romeo Dobbs started off having a great, you know, training camp and I'll, I'll, there's a lot of buzz about him. He was a later round pick. Mm -hmm. And then Christian Watson shows up kind of halfway through the season, obviously had the, the big drop at the beginning, but he was hurt. We didn't really see him. Right. And then when he shows up, all of a sudden it's like, man, this guy is, a, I mean, everything, he, there, there was a reason yeah. that we, we mocked him at yeah. first, our first pick, right? Like he was yeah. an amazing athlete uh, opportunity has all the character you want coming from a smaller school. But now you start looking and listen, this is a, this was a weird draft. 
two running backs in the first round, kind of a weird deal. Middle mm-hmm. linebacker first round. Detroit had a, a weird draft. Not that it's wrong, but it had a weird yeah. draft. Yeah. Not like guards weren't picked up. Tight ends weren't really picked up. Like the, the Georgia tight end, he went to, I think he went to the third round. He got he lasted that long. Mm-hmm. So there were some positions that just didn't get love in the draft. But now you look at the totality of what you have. You've got two first-round talent tight ends. You have yeah. Christian Watson, first-round talent. I know they're not first-round picks, but they're first-round talents. Romeo yeah. Dobbs, we don't know where he is. And then you bring in – oh, sorry – Aaron and, and AJ, who are dynamic, yep. incredible Pro Bowl backs. Pro Bowl backs. Then you bring in Jaden Reed. And Jaden Reed's got this weird story where he might be the best pick of the draft because he goes from, I think he's at like Eastern Michigan or something like that. He's a you know All-American there. Goes to Michigan State. They have a good team. Yeah, He has like 50-some catches for over 1,000 yards. He's a first-team All-American his first year at Michigan state. And oh. then what happens inevitably, like people get drafted, the team sucks. So his numbers go down and everybody forgets about him. And this is what happens in the national football league. Like, what have you done for me lately? You yeah. know, I'm not understanding that there's 21 other people on the field that might affect his game. He goes to the senior bowl and destroys everybody in practice. And we pick him up in the third round. And now it's like, realistically, you watch this dude, just watch him move. Like AJ, oh, yeah. you move different. Then like I could put you and Najee and Tony, and I could say, hey, they all averaged five in that you know 2003 or 2004. Yeah. They all averaged five yards of carry. And I'll go, yeah, but just watch the tape. It ain't the same. It's a different <laughs> five. You know Correct. what I mean? Yeah. This dude is the way that he moves because now you start going, okay, is he going to get Dobbs time? Like, where's it? How are we all going to work in? This dude moves different. He moves different than the other guys. I, I so, agree. I agree with that. First time we've seen that in a while. Yeah, I watched the film, and you know this. He has in a few years, I say in two to three years, Pro Bowl caliber, a level gameplay, because he can react to the ball while it's in flight without giving up, not without giving the DB any notification of ball is in the air, and he still makes off the wall catches, jumping into the body, jumping over the body. So that just shows me, obviously, his skill set is high. And he has confidence in his game. And then most wide receivers obviously have to do that. Because if you don't, if you don't have a mental about yourself catching footballs, because you're going to drop a lot of footballs as a wide receiver. If you think you're not, you're fooling yourself. So he's one guy that has that confidence and has the speed and the strength to get downfield and run through guys, run through tackles. No, I'll say no one DB will take him down if he has a full head of steam running, if he comes downhill on a guy. So I like that about him. I, I love – I just love this. It's funny because I think the Packers – listen, everybody bitches about the first-round pick. Like, dude, like that is – you and I weren't first. We don't care, right? Now, listen, if you're 13th pick in the draft, like, Lucas Van Ness is going to find out. There's some expectations that come along with being that high, you know. Yeah. But they have had so many good players. So a lot of that is Aaron Rodgers. But right now it does feel like Goody's putting together this group where – a year or two from, I'm not saying this year, but a year or two from now could be something really, really good. And now it just is like, I've got three, if Tory shows up, four mm-hmm. young guys who can play, young receivers who can all yeah. ball. Yeah. I've got two tight ends. Deguara, I, I don't know if he's, he can either be the stalwart and, and elevate, or he's never going to see the field again. One of the these two. Because these guys are physically 
I mean, there's no question that they're just superior. You've got two Pro Bowl caliber running backs. I mean, you've got dudes now, man. You got some yep. gaps on the offensive line, maybe, and the quarterback's a question mark. But boy, you got yourself in a position right now to at least on paper go. In a couple of years, you're going to be, you could be really, really good if Jordan Love turns out to be what you think he is. I mean, he, yeah. could, he could be really good, man. And, and the more, the more you kind of start thinking about the possibilities with those two tight ends and what you can do with just having them, just having them available to, to run on the field at any time and screw up that defense is going to be amazing. I love yeah, that. It, was, it was a value to that inventory they got having 13 picks mm -hmm. coming, you know, that a quantity of picks, you're going to find something. If you don't find something in 13 player college players, high end college player, there's a problem, either one in the, the water or scouting. <laughs> so, but to have this right now, uh, this is going to be the big benefit going into the old to, to the 23 season. Let me ask you this. Okay. So you remember when uh, this is, do you remember when the Patriots started trading out picks and getting more picks all over and over and over? That, and that's why I made that comment because wait, 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 of that. Okay, but hold on yeah. now. Okay. Because okay. you're, you're absolutely right. Then, but now if you look at, if, if, if we were to take an objective look at the Patriots over the last seven years, eight years, mm -hmm. all their picks. Oh, I don't yeah. know that they get a high draft mark ever. I mean, honestly, you, you know, you, you start, there's some guys there that have played well, no question. I mean, if you just look at the linebacker position, they've just killed the game. Yeah, they but, have. But they, but they, they have missed on a lot of first round, they've missed on a lot of kind of first, second, third round picks. And I don't know, man, like the way that I see the game now is a little bit different in that because of the rules that are being put in place for, for offense in particular, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like it's going towards more of really, really standout athletes are going to have even more of an advantage than they used to. Mm. You see, you, because like for example i can go over the middle i can't get my head knocked off right ryan clark can't can't level me i find man quan bold right, right? I, all right. that stuff it's a game it really is a game changer the quarterback can't get hit until these certain you know and even yeah. if you hit him you might get kicked out of the game for 12 years and the, you know the whole thing <laughs> yeah. so you start thinking about do i want to what's more valuable now is it to maximize my picks so like is it more valuable to have like i don't know six picks on Saturday or is it more valuable to have maximized amount of, you know, first, mm -hmm. you know, day one, day two guys. Like yeah. what I, what I fork, what I say, I'll get rid of all six picks on Saturday. If I can get three extra picks on Friday, you know what I mean? I just, for me, I might do, I mean, it obviously depends on where your team is, mm -hmm. but with a team like the Packers, I think I would go, man, I want as many day one and two picks as I can get. Cause I just, like especially with Goody being a physical scores guy, if I believe in my scouting department, like I want those guys because I, AG guys make it every year that are late late round draft picks. Romeo Dobbs is a perfect example. Yeah, but I'm always like, dude, did, are we just not doing our job? Like, how the hell does he fall through the cracks if he's that good? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. like this. Uh, it's a paradox, isn't it? It is. It is. And but what you're referring to is the quality over quantity, mm -hmm. and making sure that is there. And I do agree with that. I mean, you could have those. And then I say right now, the Patriots are having that low right now. to that quantity is not working out to what they used to get out of the quality of that quantity. So if that makes sense, a lot of tongue twisting going on right there. We had a listener question. Uh, the question was about David Bakhtiari and what okay. his status is, obviously, this season. But then going into kind of in the future, 
there's a lot of talks. You know, Zach Tom and, and Yash are both still on the team. Yeah. It looks like Zach, because they gave Yash the tender, he's probably going to get the right tackle job. They didn't draft anybody. Zach's probably going to be the swing guy. Um, there's a lot of questions to be answered about the center position and so on and so forth. Yeah. But next year in 2024, uh, I'm just looking at I'm looking back to Yari's contract. Right. His cap hit this year is 21 million, which is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for a guy that has his premium position. Laramie Tunzel just signed a, a deal 25 million a year, and so mm-hmm. Laramie's the top of the heap. Trent Williams is the top of the heap. Bakhtiari is just like a tick Third, below right now, you know, basically four, because five. of injury, right? Right. So that's not a bad deal, but but next year they're going to have to do something. He's 40 million dollar cap hit, and so and obviously no matter unless you're named, you know, quarterback, that's too much. So they're going to yeah. have to do something. And, and what do you think? He's 30. I think he's like 32 years old. How old is this guy? 32 years old. Yeah, I want to say 2013. Trent, yeah, 20, 20. Trent Williams, I th- I might be wrong on this, but I think when Trent Williams was 33, he signed what at the time was the biggest deal for a left tackle in the history of, of football for the San Francisco 49ers. It was a contract extension. So I, I think he did that when he was 33. So obviously guys are playing longer. He's had this weird injury thing the last two years. But, man, yeah. when he plays, he's the best player in the field for the Green Bay Packers. And he's and he's unequivocally the best player on offense when he's on the field, at least last year for me. Right. I mean, he, he, he makes no errors. Correct. So what do you see them – I guess what do you see them doing given the youth movement, given everything else – do you give him a couple more? Do you give him a two, three year more extension? I mean, assuming he wants to be there, right, AG? But like, yeah, what, what do you do with him? Assuming he wants to be there, I would give him barring injury as well, because you have those two factors you just mentioned. If he's um, healthy that, this season, if he's healthy, two year extension, easy. I'm not even really thinking much about it. Give him the just security. He wants. Right. You know, give him yeah. security. If he showed up when he's played, he's there. Um, and it's the difference when he's not there. Is that plain and simple? We've been knowing them for over 10 years now. Um, so there's not much to debate. And obviously sit down, have a genuine conversation with them to say, hey, you know, this is what we want to do. We're going to make it clear up front. Here it is. If you don't want that, then let us know. You know, go from there. Make it real easy. Because I think they lived through enough drama in the offseason in the last four years. <laughs> no, I, I agree. With, I 100% agree with you. Um, yeah. I guess the only, the only thing you would – Somebody might think about is okay with a young quarterback. Do we do we need to spend that money somewhere else? But it's like it's no, it's a left tackle. Like it's yeah. it's it's too important. You can't you can't screw this up. Right. Had, like you're you look at your left tackles. You had Chad forever, and then you got this guy forever. It's like it's 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 not quite Brett and Aaron, but man, this guy's pretty good. Exactly. I mean, we're not going to know who is. I mean, a lot of guys are locked up right now. So who will be available? You can. And that's you got to wait and see. And that that part is not fun. Wait and see. And it's not fun. That part. That part would be a problem. All right, man. Let's do some get off my line here today. You ready for it? Yeah, some good stuff here. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So the the first thing was and speaking of Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari just uh, just took a, a, a huge a huge deuce on on the Packer media the Packers social media guy for whatever they're like so first of all you know that that the, the schedule release thing is like I don't know who made this I don't ESPN is so genius like I don't know how they made this popular they but made they, it popular they didn't start like, there first yeah it's like who cares like this is yeah. like, you already knew who you were gonna play and like the time of day matters all anyways that understanding passive Packers social media I don't know what they did but Bakhtiari comes out and, and just starts getting on the guy. I'm sure they know each other, so whatever. But he, he just says this is booty. 
and uh, and <laughs> like an average TikToker could do a better job with their social media than 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 the Packers did. So Packers social media needs to step up their game, and I think the response warranted is like some multi-million dollar production at this point of what you know what maybe the season opener but they need to bring out the big guns for the next thing that they do because this was not up to standard particularly with like what the titans are doing out there and and the charges with the anime like yeah we need, we need to pick the game up a little bit boys and that's why i mean just talking about what i'm doing in the social media you know, or i'm doing in the college of journalism mass communication that just folds everything that brings everything game together because i was watching i watched the 30 it was almost a half hour segment of espn and which teams yeah full production like you mentioned for their schedule release i think some teams did parties or fan parties all over the uh, united states for their for their team so it's just uh it's amazing um I, it's hilarious let's just say for it's funny as hell I do tip my hat to the Chargers. I watched theirs, uh, the anime. Hey, that's dope. I mean, they took it to a whole nother level. I don't think it's a million-dollar production, but it was good. It was good quality, good anime uh, graphics they put in there. Not not authentic, obviously, from like you would see with Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon or anything like that, Demon Slayer. But when it a was Cretan, When a Cretan like me says a million-dollar production, AG, that's just my – I just throw money at tech because I don't know anything about it. So I just – what I mean is it's got to be better than it is right now. I just have to ascribe a dollar value to it because I don't know how long. Like, to me, what you just described has got to cost a gazillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for the Packers to 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 fall short of that, um, I say I'm a tad bit surprised being the organization they are. They usually do things top, top, top tier. And if they didn't do, they didn't put full effort into this, like, yeah. As a player today, I would be like, hey, bro, what's your problem? going on here man let's go we gotta step it up a notch fellas in social media i would give them a hard time so I we usually win. don't we usually don't cross uh over to the nba but so joel and beating james harder they lost the game seven and and uh tatum, nah, drops, watching 51. That too. tatum drops 51 has this amazing game i think he broke a record for, for game seven he points did. right after yep. steph curry yep. just broke the record for 50 right so so after the game I think joel and i'm just gonna say this i think joel and beats comments because i listened to the full thing i think you were taken out of context yeah. Right. Because he's like, I got to do better. Right. And so that's it's, you know, starts and ends with me. The whole thing with the loan, like we can dissect that out. I really don't want to. Here's the and I don't even know that James Harden did anything wrong. But James Harden basically said. Everyone's going to question Doc Rivers because he's he's lost a bunch of game sevens. OK, but he's yeah. lost against some good people, but he's also he's lost some game sevens. Fair enough. Right. So it's, it's 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 part of the deal. And so he said, you know, they said, James, what do you think about him being back next year? Do you have a good relationship with him? And James just said, our relationship is okay. Like, in other words, he left that door open that doesn't necessarily need to be open, right? And so what's interesting to me, AG, is like back in the day, this wouldn't be something that we would go after a post-game presser. Like, we wouldn't be talking about Mike Sherman's job. We'd just be like, hey, we like coach, you know, whatever they, you know, we don't have a say in anything and just kind of be on our way. But the NBA guys do have a say. The NBA right. guys get paid. There's only five starters. I mean, it's, you can impact the game in a much, much greater way than anybody right. not named quarterback can do in, in, the, in football. So they do have a little bit of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit more brand on for me and maybe less about the team. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I guess I, I just want to get your take on it because I find it. I just I always find this part of that their game fascinating because we can't do this. Yeah, um, I just, I mean, for them to make the comments as they do, obviously they got that right as players. Um, 
for the status of them, of I say more Harden because it, it came out the comment came out of him. Mm. Being that his status, I think that's where the media is wrapping the narrative and letting it and running with it because they know of him. He's a he's been an all-star perennial all-star. He's a three-point, and he's up in the top echelons of three-point shooting and being around several teams, being around great players over the last eight years he has been since Oklahoma City to the the, the Nets and you know, just everywhere. So him having that status brings in that, oh man, he said this. You know, right. Doc and, Rivers, my job might and be. And having a, a monumentally disappointing game. Yeah, breaking down. Right. Breakdown. Right. Yeah. You know, just not and not having that focus in the end. And you know, that's a whole nother thing we could we could go into, but no big deal there either. But I think that's where this is coming from because they know when a star speaks, LeBron says something, um, KD says something, uh, Devin Booker says something, then they're going to just, oh, boom, we got this one little hot little take. Let's go talk about this. Let's dissect this thing down to even the minute level of, is that just even a little hint of saying that Doc Rivers might be out of there? I think that's what the media is really good. That's their job. That's what the bigger networks, I say, the people in the guy's ears, as we know, the commentators have that little air, that little uh, microphone in the ear, and you got a producer or director talking to your, hey, bring that up. You know, talk about it more. You know, dissect them more. Unpack it. Okay, They're let me ask you this. It. Let me ask you so, this. And so you yeah. know the the owners, how how astute they are about the sport that they that the team they own. We don't. It's, it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. But when you hear like when your team gets blown out in Game Seven or whatever, you know, or or they say like you've given up on the coach. Like where does like I, the the whole idea that you give up on your coach? Does that just come from owners? Because I mean, I've never like I've never been on a team that that would even matter. Like I've been on teams where I don't like the coach or the coach. You know, I mean, we've all been like we've been on teams where we don't get along with somebody. Yeah, but that's that's never that's never dictated how we're going to approach the game, how we're no. going to you know no. the, the only thing that a coach could do, I suppose, to really ensure that you're not going to do your best is a put you on the bench or b literally start running something that is so asinine, you know, that it's like, Amon, we're going to put you at, uh, we're going to put you a tight end to this week. This is what we're doing. You know what I mean? You, you just do something that's so stupid that you go, well, right. of course they're not going to be successful, but just generally speaking, we've had bad game plans. I mean, yeah. cause listen, these guys are trying their best, but sometimes the game plans aren't great. Right. We've right. had bad game plans. We've had guys that we don't get along with like all that, but the, the idea that a team just gives up on their coach, like, that is such media talk. And then I start thinking about it. I go, maybe it's owner talk. Like who else could, who else could even come up with that except for one of those two? Yeah. Because a lot of owners are not in the locker room. We could say that at all levels of sports, I'll say pro level, excuse me, pro level of sports. Cause yeah, there's no ownership at high school level and all that, but pro level of sport, a lot of owners are not in the locker room. So they don't sometimes really get that locker room connection with players and coaches to have that. And that's where that, that is coming from an ignorance for that owner not knowing the conversation or the effort, watching how many film they've watched to get ready for the game. And it is for any game to game. You could have a game plan in your head as a coach. You're like, this looks like a good game plan. All these players are healthy. There's no reason looking at what I see on paper that we're going to lose this game, you know, or we're going to even be down points, you know. Like they're going to try to lose. Right. Like, no, there's no team – if there is, then they're going to get found out real quick as a this team does, and players saying they're trying to just throw it to get paid or throw it for whatever because they I'm like, come on. Yeah, that's this does remind me, though, of uh, 
I mean, I guess you've been in a huddle, you've seen a huddle in basketball where like the coach is trying to draw something on the board and you just see guys just checked out, right? I see that more in NBA than anybody. Yeah, so there is that. And then there's like, it always reminds me of that Hoosiers when Gene Hackman's like trying to drop the play. He's trying to like, uh, he's trying to make Jimmy Buckets or whatever his name was, like the decoy. And everyone's like, like, what's the matter with you guys and Jimmy Buckets? Well, I forgot his name. I call him Jimmy Buckets. He's like, yeah, I'll make it. Like, yeah. All right. So they just clear it out. Like, well, we didn't need that grease board. Like, we'll just clear that one out. Jimmy Buckets will just make the shot. But it is yeah, that true. is probably the only that's probably the only scenario that you see where like guys are active, like, man, dude, get this dude away from me. Like, I do not want to talk to him right now. But even then, yeah, my my point to to, to you is even if you're not. I think everything needs to work at the highest level in order to win the, the highest, the, the most important games. Yeah. But like during the regular season, even during some of these, like in moments where you're like, dude, it's a game seven. I'm going to play. I don't give a sh- I don't care what you think of me. I think of you like we're going to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yep. I, I just have a, I have a hard time with that. If there's an underlying current during the season of like, man, these guys don't get along. There's going to there's going to be problems at the end of the year. And, and maybe that's what this is, but I don't know about the rest of it, man. No, yeah, you gotta give me something. Don't just uh, try to manufacture something because it was a horrific loss. That you know, a game they shouldn't have, they should have won. You know, they had a series, they had nice control over the series, and they let the Celtics come back. You know, they let them come back. They lost, they lost focus um, a little bit as as pros because when you're playing against other pros, they don't find a way to win. That's what that's what uh, Brandon Tatum, um, Tatum, and uh, his teammates did for Boston. Rookie head coach going to the you know semi or doing going to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a big. That's a, that's also for him. You talk about uh, like Jalen Brown gets so Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both get um, All NBA. And yeah, Jalen Brown's up this year, so they get. I, I forgot what the numbers are, but if you make an All NBA team, you get like a max contract extension, which is valued like sixty million dollars more than you would have made you know prior to. It's like right. some. It's like some ridiculous generational money. Maybe it's forty million, right. but it's generational. Right. So John Morant, uh-huh. who had the had the incident, doesn't make. So he's clearly one of the top. I don't know five, seven basketball players in the world. Very he doesn't good. make an All NBA team. No, because I, I I'm not a voter, but in large part I have to imagine because of the trouble that he got into with the yeah. gun thing. Okay. Yes. So he misses oh. out on a like a, for you and me the equivalent of a gazillion dollars in contract money. <laughs> He'd still be rich, but he's not going to be nearly as rich because he's missing out on his money because he didn't make the All-NBA team during this time where he could restructure. Then he goes out on Instagram Live. Again. Again. His buddy or his boy. And they're driving around. He's throwing a gun in the air. And, like, the whole thing is – the whole thing is this, dude. Like, I don't really – if he's got a gun permit and he wants to put his gun – I think it's stupid and immature, but, like, I, I don't really even want to comment on that except for, like, you're being stupid and immature because you have endorsement deals. And you have people that look up to you and, 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 and here's the thing that really bothers me. And I can't, I just can't get over. Like, do you remember when uh Plaxico Burris shot himself in the leg? That was stupid. Now imagine if Plaxico Burris was filming himself with his own camera as he shot himself in the leg. Cause that's what this guy's doing. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? You're actually, Hey, TMZ, you don't need to be there. Like media that's following me everywhere. You Put your cameras away. I'll just put this stuff on Instagram Live and incriminate myself. Right. He He's incriminated like, himself in the first instance, and his buddy incriminated him in the second instance. You're just going, dude, what? This is why social media is stupid. Like, are you kidding me? 
Why would you do that to yourself? You don't need anybody to follow you, AG. I'll just, hey, you guys, stay home tonight, man. I got this. You know, it's like, how dumb can you be? It's unbelievable. Yeah, man, I I saw this hit that, man. I was just like, I can't believe it. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, this, he didn't, I mean, first thing in my head, out my mouth, he didn't learn a thing. He didn't learn. It is like three days of whatever it was, treatment. Yeah, therapy. he didn't learn a thing. And I'm like, this this is unfortunate for him. He's going to lose out. Like, I didn't know he lost out on this uh, NBA, uh, all-NBA team. I know that was a thing. I just, oh, that's yeah. new to me. And okay. that is, that's huge. And oh, that's huge? Okay, so yeah. now, if the, if so now Adam Silver, the Grizzlies suspended him. But yeah, they haven't even got to him. his punishment yet. They said he's going to get it, possibly an extended uh, amount of game time loss, basically, and that's paychecks. What do you think, Adam Silver's? So, if this is David Stern back in the day, David Stern's probably he's out for the year. Okay, two, yes, two two gun incidences in the same yes, year. Two. Yeah, you're probably out. Not even. I mean, Ad, Adam apart. Silver. Adam Silver doesn't seem to be. He seems to be more tolerant. He's a little bit more. Yeah. But what do you? What I mean? What is a? Again, I, it's not. This isn't a question of like, do you have a permit for your gun? That's not what this is about, right? But what it's a contract. This is what you call contract conduct detrimental to the league. This is yeah. that's what this is. This is the punishment right. you will serve. What do you think he's going to get? Not what he deserved. What do you think he's going to get? I mean, he could get half a year here, right? I would say half a year. Yeah, off the top, I would say forty-one, half a year. 41 games. Forty-one games gone. Dude. And this is because of the fact that the timing, like, it's not even a month. Barely a month, a little bit over a month from the first incidents to this. So he gets free time. Season's over. He loses the they lose the playoffs. He's home or wherever. And this is what you do in your free time. You go back to what you you took a hiatus for personally. You were suspended. You got fined for two days, three days, like you mentioned. And then now in more free time, because your season's done. This is what you decide to do, or not decide to do, but this is what you put yourself around. Because this is the people right. around you, right? You know, I always have is, a hard time with that part too, right? Because me it's, too. I mean, like you, grew, you grew, you grow up with people. Oh, that kills. I mean, that pisses yeah. me off right there. Because yeah. that means you had a conscious. You knew, okay, you know these kids, you know these guys that you're hanging around with forever, how long since high school, since college. I knew. I learned in eighth grade. Not even that. I knew in sixth grade, the people I hung out with, mm-hmm. and how. And why I hung out with them mm-hmm. is because we were on the same mindset. You know, we were kids. We wanted to ride bikes, play video games, go to school, boom, boom, boom. And as I grew up, once especially when I got to high school, because I had one of my friends, one of my best friends tell me, they was like, AG, what are you? You don't have no fun. What are you getting ready for? I'm like, what do you mean? He said, you don't hang out a whole lot. You don't, I noticed you don't go to the parties. I said, yeah, my game plan is I'm trying to get a scholarship. Some of most of y'all in our group, all of us want to go to college, right? They're like, yeah. So, but that's why I'm at. I'm taking it to the nth degree, knowing I don't have to be at all the parties. I don't have to be that cool kid. You know, you LeBron know? James, I give LeBron James, first of all, LeBron James just dropped, and he's one. Just yeah. dropped all over the Warriors on, I mean, I, what am I supposed to say? Like, he just, right. just yeah. destroyed him. But one thing that he has been a trailblazer at is he with his success and his boys when he grew that he grew up with and he trusts and has people that he it's this isn't what's important i think some people don't get 
these are people that you grow up with and you trust. Yes. Okay. He has empowered them to become part of his larger world and run his businesses and, and yep. be, and, and be part of his focus. You know, it's like, and they've created all the success through him, with him, around mm -hmm. him. And a lot of, and what you see is a lot of people think that idea because that day that's a movie, that's like movie entourage, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. that's, you bring your, I'm going to bring my crew with me, but if you don't have the right, like I didn't have the right people. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't have, I didn't have that group that I could be like, oh yeah, dude, I'm every, everyone's just coming with. Yeah. You know, like some people do, some people don't, but that that they went about it in such a professional manner, and I'm sure they had a great time. But they went about it and, and they just said like, there's, you know, I'm imagining, I'm projecting here, but I imagine yeah. he was like, there's some ground rules here. One of which would be, we're not going to IG live with guns, okay. because that's going to be bad for me. You know what yep. I mean? And it's yeah. like, you just can't, it's a, it's so frustrating because yeah. selfishly you want to watch him, you know, first of all, and two, you just go, man, you have literally, the world is your oyster, bro. Yeah. Like you have everything you want in front of you and over, like you're doing this over what? Like, you're not a gangster. You're not a gangbanger. No. You got yeah, like your dad's in every game, you know, giving you support. Like you, you, you didn't come from this, like. This this isn't like a sobs like dude you have it you you've got everything you got a support system, you got people that love you, you're a hell of a good player, like you don't need to be throwing a gun around like you're not that like you ain't that guy, you know, no. like you and I have been in places where we've seen those guys look, you ain't one of them, no. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, yeah, please. man, it's too bad. Bro, that's yeah, that's this unnerving, unnerving. I got one more thing to say today, AG. The relative athletic score is something that they use for the draft and everybody builds. Oh, Lord, yeah. And it's just another one of these pieces of information that's just like, it's just getting a little bit too. Deep. It's, it's too many numbers. Too it's many free, numbers. Well, it's free. And so what happens is you just get on the social media uh, and people just go, oh, RES score, dude, this guy's going to crush it. And you're like, bro, did you watch it? You know, what are we doing? You watching film? You watching any film on this guy? <laughs> Are we yeah. watching any film on this guy? Because we can all look up at, like, first of all, if a guy, <laughs> it's height, weight, yeah, your bench press, your forty, your your, your split, your your three cone drill, your vertical jump, your broad jump, like all these things are measurables, right? They're measurables. Right. So if like you're, you know, I mean, if you're, if the average running back is six foot tall and you're six eight, like your your relative score is like a, a thousand. You know what I mean? It's like you boost your number up. You're like, oh, well, I don't know if that's a good running back height. No, nah, right. I don't know if the weight, you know, is a good running back weight. Mm. But certainly these are these are interesting things. But there's just no – there's so much that goes on now. And being a fan is in, in some ways great now because you can just grab anything and talk about anything. And that's what – I think that's what being a fan is all about. I think sometimes it's hard maybe – and I'm just being an old geezer now. But it's hard because, like, when I watch players, I'm always like, okay, how do I beat this guy? Or can he beat me? Or how would he beat you know like what like what are they good at? Like why would you, you want to know more about the actual play? Right. It's just it's too bad because a lot of the stuff is is I guess interesting, but it does take away from um, it takes away from what the game's really about. Right. You know? It takes away from what the game's really about. I'm looking at the list here. They have a top ten all time list. 
Mm-hmm. And half these names I even know. I don't know who they are. <laughs> well, I'm not, 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 not personal. Just... This is business. Okay. If I'm this business, only name I write two in the top one, two, three, four, five, six. The top six. Yep. Two names I recognize. Running back Justin Fargus mm-hmm. from USC and Calvin Johnson from Georgia Tech. Justin Fargus, I mean. Those are two names I know of, recognize, know their game, you know, know how they play. That's crazy, and, isn't it? You know, let me see, go go beyond that. We got we're looking, uh, Creed Humphrey, maybe. Creed Humphrey's a great center for the for – Okay, the, uh, I was like, maybe. I said that name does ring a bell a little bit. Okay. You know, and that's he, he was at Oklahoma in, uh, two, three years ago. Yeah. Well, so you got Anthony yeah. Richardson here. I mean, there's some guys on, you know, but but it's your, your point your point is made. Your point is, yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, it's like Brandon Books is a great player. So it's not that this stuff is well, first of all, this stuff is just fun to talk about. So Jeremy Chin was, you know, obviously a small a small yeah. school guy that's a great player for the the Panthers. Now they're still trying to figure out he's gonna be a linebacker, he's gonna be a safety. Um, you know, Creed's great. Brandon Brooks has been a great guard. He's been hurt for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's that name was familiar too. Jordan yep. Davis. There's a, there's a, but there's also there's a Griffin Herbert. There's a Jared Cooper. You know, there's a Mohammed Aman. There's a Zion McCollum. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's fun and it can it can perpetuate the conversation. But I just I I, I love watching tape so much on guys that sometimes I'm like, why don't people like to watch tape as much? Why do they just want to use this? I guess it's easier, but I don't know. It's easier. That's what you just you just said. Why? It's easier. I, I'm like you. I like to watch film. That's what I when I recruit an esports athlete right now, mm-hmm. I ask for GPA test scores and send me a full game clip, a full game. I don't want highlights of your best 360 sh- headshots. Mm-hmm. Give me a full match. Give me two of them. What does that oh, even mean? Two. Okay, so I, we're I, we're running out of time, but tell me what the hell that even means. What do you mean no, a full game? A full game. So just like we watch games, you know, we watch. Right. But yeah. Oh, no, no, but where's the camera set up? Is it just the screen? Or are you watching how you, what do you mean? What do you Who mean? Are you watching? Mean? Are you watching the, the player or the, or the screen? Yeah. So I get the PUV of the player. So it's their point of view. I get oh, first person wow. point of view. Okay. So I get to hear, so I get to see what they do, you know, their movement, mechanics, how they switch between weapons, reload and unload, throw grenades. But then also I see their map movement, map awareness. Uh-huh. Um, and then I hear their comms. I hear the way they're communicating. Those are the things I'm looking at. If I don't That's got to be worth a gazillion dollars. It is. It is. People don't know. No, I'm just throwing money at technology again because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, man. It co- the good thing is they don't have to. It comes with the game. It's already mm-hmm. built in the game. Oh, really? Special. So, dude, get game for like, what? If, is there a huddle? Is there a huddle for e gamers? Uh, hundred percent. Every game, actually, the games themselves have it built in. They it's already record, there. It's already built in the game. So they just got to copy, send me a link after a game. Or if they have a Twitch channel, boom, boom. But yeah, Huddle. And I talked to Huddle. Huddle's right in in Lincoln. So I've They're already Nebraska talked to company, yeah. Yeah. And so. They were the guys, the guys I went to uh, Nebraska. Yeah. I was like, what? I didn't know that. About yeah, five I, used be, years I used to be in good with those guys. Yeah. They're all Nebraska yeah, about guys. Five or six years ago, I found out. I was like. Yeah, right down the street from the school. Sweet. AG, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell them about Gamers Lounge. Yep, find me on Amon Green 30 on Twitter and Instagram. Gamers Lounge is on YouTube and TikTok, Amon Green's Gamers Lounge. That is live on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So that's where you can check me out. Mike, let everybody know where they can find you. 
Michael 68. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.